1: You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550.
4: Well, happy return from the bye week, everyone. Sal Capaccio here. It's The Extra Point Show, WGR Sports Radio 550. Good to be back with you. Good to be back. I had... Last week off, I kind of took some downtime myself to rest, relax, but let's not uh, kid anybody, right? That never happens. I mean, when you go on any kind of vacation, you're like, yeah, you can relax a little bit, but you're trying to do different things. I wasn't even on vacation. I was home and I couldn't relax. I'm just doing things. I'm busy. Uh, You know, it's holiday season. And of course, Wednesday, as I left you last Monday, I told you that I had a colonoscopy coming up. So, had that going on last week, which I want to touch on here in just a little while because, you know, I'm an open book and it is important that we all get screened. We talk about here on WGR, the men at WGR do. So, I, I did. I had my colonoscopy. But, you know, it's like you have it, you're always looking forward to having time off. And when you have it, it's like, well, I think I need time off from having time off. Like you come back. You need a vacation from the vacation. It's like that's why I guess when you go on vacation sometimes, and again, I didn't go anywhere this time. I was a lot of times on the bye week. We'll go out of town, hit Florida, see some family, some friends. Didn't do that this time. Had too much going on. My son's birthday. We didn't do that. I didn't do that. I was home. But when you do go on vacation, sometimes I, my what I try to do is have like a buffer built in for when I get home and I have like a day to recharge, to go back to work, or whatever else it is I have to do. Because you need a vacation from the vacation. And in this case, man, colonoscopy on Wednesday. Then we had my son's 10th birthday. And it became like a birthday weekend, right? When a kid has a birthday on a Sunday, it's party time, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, that's what it came. And look, the bills were on a bye week So why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> right? I mean, why wouldn't we do that? It, it it just worked out that way. just happened to be like the week... That there was a bye week for the Bills this year. It was his 10th birthday. So that was cool. So we got a lot to get to today. I'm recharged. I am excited to talk to you today about a lot of different things. Because there is no Bills reaction to yesterday. There's no Bills reaction to this week. The Bills didn't play this week. The Bills were off. But we still have a lot of Bills stuff to talk about. And we have a lot of NFL Week 13 and other NFL stuff to talk about. So that's what we'll do here. On the Monday, I'll still call it a reaction extra point show because I have reaction to different things. And we'll get into all of that for the next two hours. But, of course, more importantly than anything, is always, your phone phone calls here on the Extra Point Show. 803-0550, the number to call. It is the Monday Extra Point Show reaction show, as always, presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By Northwest Bank, for what's next, get started at northwest.com. And by Speed Global, around the corner or around the world. Speed delivers. I'll still have all of my normal Monday things for you that we talk about our electric play of the game. We'll have some stuff from yesterday. Extra point from the sidelines. Our injury update. We'll get into talk about the Bills and their injury situation coming out of the bye. Our red zone stats. Now that we're one week, you know, more into the season, even though the Bills didn't play, the stats and the rankings changed. So we'll get into all of that today here on the Extra Point Show. And as always on a Monday, you can watch me. I am in studio Capaccio today, so. Not in our Amherst studios, but Studio Capaccio and our Duntire studios. It's still the Duntire studios, no matter if I'm wherever I am. So good to be with you today. And you can watch live on the WGR Facebook page. So go to facebook.com slash WGR550. Say hello. Good to see you out there. Good to take your phone calls. 803 0550. So let's just get it out of the way. I'll, I'll just get it out of the way. All right. Because I got to tell you, I left you Monday and I mentioned that was happening. Had a colonoscopy first time. I just turned 50 this year. Got to get screened. You know, there's different times for different people, depending on risk factors going on in your life. When you get to 40, 45, 50, you generally should have one at some point in there, right? I'm not going to play your doctor here and tell you exactly when that's up to you and your doctor and all of those different things. But for me, probably should have been a little while ago, but I, I was putting it off and I said, you know what? I can't do that anymore. And I tell people on the radio, go get screened, go do this. I got to do it for my own health, for my family, for me. So I did it. And everyone told me the same thing. The prep is the worst. The prep is the worst. Okay. It's true. Like the prep is the worst, but it really wasn't what I thought would be the worst part of it, of the prep. What I mean is, to me, saying the prep is the worst, you can't eat. You have to have like a liquid diet basically for 24 hours. I had mine on Wednesday. They said don't eat anything when you wake up Tuesday morning all the way through. Until then, you're done on Wednesday. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's going to suck. And it did, right? I mean, I'm on Tuesday evening, Tuesday night. I open the fridge, and I'm like, crap, there's stuff in there. I want to eat. I can't. I can't eat right now. Like, that part of it, the mental part of that stunk. But honestly, wasn't that bad. To kind of like, hey, I went a whole day. I can do this. It's for a good cause, for my health. Wasn't a big deal. Once you get in that mindset of, okay, what else can I? You can have some broth. You could still drink different liquids. You can even, in fact, the way I had it laid out to me, you could have black coffee. So I was still, just can't put any creamer in it. I used the flavored creamers, couldn't do that. Or the, or, you know, sweet and low or whatever, the sweetener. So couldn't do any of that. So that part of it, yeah, it kind of stunk. Like you couldn't eat. The next day I woke up, wasn't that hungry. In fact, Wednesday morning of the procedure, I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. I can get through this. Got to do this this afternoon. So I think by the time you get after a certain point, and some people who do, I guess, intermittent fasting or different kinds of fasting will attest to this, I think. Once you get to a point where you're fasting like that, it becomes not a big deal. What was the issue, though, for me? What was the worst part was the actual physical prep of, okay, I got to read these instructions. I got to mix this with this. I got to pour eight ounces into here. I got to drink it every 15 minutes. Oh, then I got to take these two pills later. That part of it. I was literally setting my – I can't say her name, you know who, uh, and I said, you know who, Alexa, set a timer for 15 minutes, and then she would, and it would go off. And then I'd say it again. Set it for 15 minutes, and it would go off. And that's when I knew when I had to drink the stuff I had to drink. But I am – so I'm a direction follower. All right? I'm a direction follower, meaning when I have to put something together, when you tell me there's a certain process and steps to get to something, like I follow those directions generally to a T. I mean – there's times where it happens where I'm not always. I'm not the, no, I'll throw caution to the wind. Let's see how this turns out. Some things in life I can be like that. But generally, if there's something I've never done, I want to make sure it's done right. I got this certain thing I got to do, put together, be ready for. I'm going to follow the directions. So they give me the list of, you, get, you go online, you get, here's your letter. This is what you got to do. And I'm literally, not kidding you, pouring the, the, the stuff in to, to mix. And I'm getting to eight ounces. And I'm measuring it up to eight ounces. Okay, that's it. Yep. Pour that in there. Pour this one in there. That's me. Now, my wife, if we have directions for something we got to put together, get some furniture, I'm like, it takes me forever. I'm not good at it. And I have to follow every single detail. No, no, you gotta have it turned this way. And she's like, dude, look at the box. <laughs> she's like, no. So I'm the direction follower. That was the worst part for me. The worst part was following the actual directions and getting all of this done for the prep and making sure, did I do this right? Did I drink too much? Did I drink too less? Did I take the pills at the right time? Am I supposed to drink this? Am I supposed to eat that? It was okay. It was all good. Wound up good. That was the worst part for me. So I'm just here to tell you, it's all good, man. Make sure you go do it. Whoever you are out there, you're listening. If it's time for you to do it. Go do it. It's a good thing. It's great for your health. I'm so glad I did it. Um, Wednesday, the only thing that happened to me Wednesday after I left, I said, what happened? I couldn't remember a damn thing about anything that happened other than beforehand and talking with the people in the room and then being wheeled out into my wife's car who drove me and drove me home. So it was great. I'm really glad I did it. And... The prep was the worst, but not because I couldn't eat. It was because I was so worried about doing something wrong with the actual prep. Make sure you get screened. Make sure you do it. I'm hoping that everybody out there, you know, gets that message that it's totally okay, and it's a really good thing. So we're all done with that. Now we move forward. I scheduled it during the bye week for that exact reason to be ready. So I was off, had birthday parties this week, and then we watch NFL week number 13. 803-0550, you want to jump on board and talk about that? Or we could just never talk about that again. Until the next time, like five years, ten years, whenever I go back and do that again. I think i could got to go back in five years. So, what I did do yesterday, though, when I had some time, was watch NFL Week 13, like a lot of you did. And my, you know, football consumption yesterday, because of birthday parties and things like that, wasn't as much as normal, but I was trying to stay dialed into, especially the games that mattered for the Buffalo Bills. And i got to be honest. I think it was a pretty good day for the Bills. It wasn't a great day. It would have been a great day, I think, if the Tennessee Titans could have held on and not had two punts blocked against them or miss an extra point, but instead the Indianapolis Colts beat them and they go to 7-5. and five. Titans kind of blew it. But that's to be expected, right? Like, you know not every game is going to turn out. But how about the surprise? If you want to call it that, I thought the Cardinals had a shot to beat the Steelers because the Steelers just aren't that good on offense. And here come the Cardinals. They go to Pittsburgh, driving rainstorm, two weather delays. Cardinals beat the Steelers 24-10. I mean, the beginning of that game, it's like 3-3 forever, and you're like, you. to me, I kept thinking, okay, well, the Steelers are going to get some sort of strip sack and fumble, they'll score on defense, that's how they'll win this game. That didn't happen. The Cardinals drive down, they score, and from there, see ya. Like It was just basically, the Steelers could not do anything, and then Kenny Pickett goes out, he's going to be out for a little while. I think the Steelers have, are very much in danger of falling out of this thing, and I mean, it's kind of catching up with them, right? That's who they've been all year. They're now seven and five. And we all know the metrics and the data and the numbers say they should not even be seven and five. The Cardinals beat them. That was really good for the bills. And then late last night or later yesterday, I should say Browns go to the Rams and I'm thinking the Rams should win this game. The Browns have quarterback issues, but they still have a very good defense. Maybe Joe Flacco can do something. And sure enough, it's, it's tight early on Browns score early. They get to halftime. I think what's well, a one score game at halftime. Come out of the second half, and I'm just following along going, ooh, Rams scored again. Ooh, Rams are down there again. Rams beat the Browns. Okay, two really good results for the Bills. Browns lose. They go to 7-5. and five. Steelers lose. They go to 7-5. and five. Bad result for the Bills. Colts win. They go to 7-5. and five. But all these teams are now 7-5. and five. The Broncos and Texans game, I think you could parse that any way you want. I think you could think about what was that game like? How would... It depend for the Broncos to win, the Texans to win, who to lose. What would be the best result for the Bills? And I guess, like, all the math says, mm, not a really big deal either way. They're both kind of the same, whether they win, whether they lose, for the Bills' chances. So, to me, I thought, okay, I think I want the Texans because... The Broncos are right there with the, you know, they have the head-to-head. You can't finish tied with the Broncos. We know that the Bills cannot finish tied with the Broncos. Now they probably can't finish tied with the Texans, but there is an outside chance they still could because of three-way tiebreakers and because of you know the conference, the the conference um, record. They're four and three. Now that's not great. It's better than the Bills, but they still have a chance to lose more conference games. So I think. This was the better result for the Bills, just for the way I want to interpret it. You don't have to, and I understand why that might not be the case. All right. But now, as the Bills sit here, Pittsburgh, seven and five. Cleveland, seven and five. Indy, seven and five. Houston, seven and five. Four teams at seven and five. And then you have the Broncos and Bills sitting there at six and six. And of course, like I just said, the Broncos are ahead of the Bills. The Bills are one game, one game out of a playoff spot with five to play. There are three teams ahead of them. The problem is two things. Number one, first and foremost, the Bills have to win anyway. They just have to win. It doesn't matter what's going on with these other teams. The Bills have to win. The second problem is the next two games are against two of the better teams in the league. But I would also say this week gives you a little more confidence after watching what Seattle did to Dallas. And Dallas, by the way, when they faced really good teams, yeah, they're like really good. They're kind of, they can blow teams out. But other teams have been able to score a little bit. The Eagles scored 28 on them. Um, what happened? The, the 49ers scored 42 on them. I mean, even the Cardinals scored 28 in a game they they lost in week three. And I know that was a long time ago. But they're not insurmountable. They're not unbeatable. And they got to come to Buffalo after a really key Sunday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles next week. Um, that said, you had Kansas City last night, which, come on, anytime Kansas City loses, it's good, right? Now, you don't want to face a mad Kansas City team. But I don't know if it matters this year. This Kansas City team is just different. They are not that good on offense. They're winning more with defense. And if you get a few big plays in them, like the Green Bay Packers did, that could be your recipe to success to beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And of course, that means, you know, that's turning the page to this week's opponent for the Buffalo Bills. Bills are at Kansas City, 4 25 p.m. on Sunday. But I want you to think about this for one second, too. If the Bills beat the Chiefs, if they do, which they can, the Chiefs are in their sights to catch, actually. They would go to eight and five. the bills would go to seven and six, and you'd have their head to head and the chiefs then now you're bringing them now, granted, the chiefs also would still be in line to win their division, but they still have the Broncos who are trying to catch them now again, it's pretty unlikely. I think it's just an all way of saying that there's still a lot football to be played. There's still a lot of opportunity here for the bills. But what are they going to do about it? What are the Bills going to do about it? How are the Bills going to beat you know the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, and then a stretch run of three games where they should absolutely win? We don't know what that game is going to mean for Miami. It could still mean something to the Bills and the Dolphins. It's looking more and more like the Miami's going to be the 2023 AFC East Division champions. They do have some tough games at the end of the year. But, folks, this is not over. And now we get to today. And I think, Bills fans, you should feel better today about where this can go versus what you thought and felt going into the week and especially after last week when we had obviously a lot of emotion running after the Philadelphia Eagles game that the Bills lost, you know, a couple weeks ago. So that's on the table today you want to talk about it. 803-0550, 803-0550 here on the Extra Point show on WGR. We do not have I don't believe the Bills have not sent out any media availability today for Sean McDermott or the um, coaches. Now generally what happens is on a Monday We have Zoom availability. We hear from Sean McDermott at 4 p.m. We hear from Joe Brady now and Eric Washington after that. That is generally after a game. The Bills did that after last week's game. So my interpretation is here. My assumption is here. We're not going to have that. And there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, especially considering the Von Miller situation and what's going on there. And until we hear from anybody on the Buffalo Bills, we hear from – Sean McDermott, we hear from Brandon Bean. I don't, I don't know what's happening with that situation. None of us knows what's happening with that situation with Vaughn. Will he be with the team? Will he not be with the team? How are they treating it? Is there a commissioner's exempt list that comes into play? So there's a lot to be answered here. My sense is, unless we get something you know, not physically told to us in a press conference between today and tomorrow about Von Miller, I mean, heck, something could come over today and we could learn something from the league or whatever, we probably won't know anything about you know Vaughn's status and situation until Wednesday and how that situation is playing out and what the team or the league or Vaughn specifically or Dallas Police or whatever are doing about everything. So I, I don't have answers for that. We won't really have any answers for that until Wednesday is my guess on that. Um, in the meantime, the Bills have a game to prepare for. They have the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is a big game. A loss drops them to 6-7 and seven on the season. I mean, other than... Losing the opener to the Jets, losing the opener to the Steelers a couple years ago. Can't remember the last time the Bills were under 500 after like week one of a season. I could go back, maybe it's happened, but it's been a while. It's been a while since they've been under 500. at least I think since 2018 would be the last time that that happened. So, that would be foreign territory, and it kind of is right now. This season has gone unexpectedly awry. It's gone unexpectedly, unexpectedly. You know, too many losses down. However, you want to phrase it, but it's still alive. They can still do this. It is a challenge, though, in the way that they've played, the things that have happened. I'm not sure anybody feels super confident in them going five and zero. Look, they don't have to go five and zero to make the playoffs. I think four and one gets you in. I think four and one gets them in. I think three and two gets them a shot, but probably not only because the um, conference record. But I think four and one gets them in. And especially if that four and one is only the Dallas Cowboys game. If they lose if they win four games and they only lose one game, and that one game is the Dallas Cowboys, I think they get in. If they go four I they're almost definitely in. I think the only way they get in otherwise at four and one, or they don't get in. If they go four and one and lose to the Chiefs or lose to the Patriots, I still think they get in, but everybody around them would have to win four, five, five games, four games, at least four games to have the better record still. I I just don't see it. There's teams that are going to go out of this list. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indy, Houston, Denver. There's teams going two and three folks. There's teams going one and four. Maybe there's going to be some three and two or four and one. Some of them play each other. So you got to remember too. Some of these teams are going to pick each other off too. Just like the Denver Houston game this week. Who do you root for? Um, you know, we'll find out when we come time for those specific games and taking a look at the schedule. All right, eight hundred three oh five fifty. Um, let's get out to Kevin in Niagara Falls is first up here on the Monday Extra Point Show. Hi, Kevin.
0: Hey, what's up, Sal?
4: Hey, buddy. Um,
0: last I'm here. Uh, we yeah, I'm here. talking. About, yeah, sorry. Last week you were talking about a college recruiting thing happening at Highmark Stadium on Wednesday.
4: Um, yes, I had. Um, I'm sorry. I had. Um, I had Len Jankowitz on a couple weeks ago. It is the December sixth is the day, which would be Wednesday. It's recruiting night at Highmark Stadium. If you want uh, the best thing for me to do is, I can tweet it out on my Twitter at Sal Sports, and um, you can get the information from there, and you can go and, and and check it out. But it's basically a chance if you have a a son or a daughter that wants to play football at the next level. Uh, there will be colleges from all different levels all across you know the Northeast, especially at Highmark Stadium, for you to interact with and talk with the pro about the process.
0: Awesome. And what time is that
4: at? Uh, I will check. I will check to make sure because I have to. I have to. I don't want to get it wrong for you. If you give me one second, let me look. So I'm going to do this on my phone as I do it here. All right, I have it right here. Uh, Highmark Stadium at 6 till 8.30. December 6, 6 till 8.30 in the Pepsi Club.
0: Cool. And then uh, in regards to the Bills, I would have preferred the Chiefs losing this week because it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to lose two games back-to-back. But they are not the same team that they have been in the past. Um, and it should be an interesting matchup this weekend. So Brian yeah, it a should lot be. better. The- Feeling a yeah. lot better than I was at the end of last week, with the teams that lost yeah. and the way that some of these teams are looking out there.
4: Yeah, I hear you, and you should, Kevin. You should. Thanks for the phone call. I hope you get out to Highmark Stadium. I'm glad you uh, reminded, and that's a good thing for everybody. If you have a son or daughter wanting to play. Football, even flag football, you know, women's flag football is becoming much bigger. They're going to have a table set up there, Highmark Stadium, Wednesday night, 6 to 8.30. Uh, go check it out. It's a, it's a cool recruiting night. Uh, help you out with the process and the options and all different kinds of levels for anybody who's interested in playing. Um, Ken and Tanawana, we'll get to you in a second, but let me just finish up here uh, with Kevin. Kevin, you should feel better today. I think you should. I think you look around the AFC East. The only thing that shouldn't, if you're like, I still don't feel better, it's probably because of the Bills themselves. Everything else that's going on, I mean, I think Miami, they look really good, right? Let's call it what it is. They look really good. They might get the one seed. Baltimore looks really good, but at times, they can be a little slippery. Eh, I don't know. Jacksonville, same thing. They look really good, but at times, eh, they look vulnerable. Even Miami looks vulnerable. Miami doesn't have a good strength of wins. We know that. But Kansas City doesn't look like the same team. We know Pittsburgh has issues. Cleveland, of course, with their quarterback situation. Indy is Indy. I don't know how Indy's doing it. I mean, their coach might deserve coach of the year for what they're doing there. And that was without Jonathan Taylor last week as well. But I think if you don't like how you feel today with the Bills, it might be because of the Bills. It's not because of the AFC. Let's go to Ken in Tonawanda. Hi, Ken.
5: Um, yes. I Last year, I complained that the Bills were not physical enough. They didn't have the kind of running game that you're going to need to win in the playoffs. But this year, it looks like Bean may have uh, fixed that a little bit. Last week against Philadelphia, when it was 17-14, to 14, We had a drive where they ran the ball. Most of the time it was Ty Johnson who gave us that physical first up against the best defensive line in football, and we ran it down their throats, which I didn't think we could do. I thought Philly was going to crush us because of that. We ran it down their throats, went ahead 24-14, Philadelphia answers, and then on the next drive we didn't give the ball to Ty Johnson. We gave it to Cook. Now, I like Cook, but as a physical running back, he's not the guy. I think they should have gone with Johnson again and just traded touchdowns with Philly the rest of the way out. Because the previous week, Ty Johnson beat the New York Jets up too. So, you know, he didn't play much under Ken Dorsey, but as soon as Brady became OC, Ty Johnson's getting the ball, and he's giving us a physical running game that I thought we'd been lacking. And now I might be able to say we are physical enough now to contend with the top teams. And I think the Bills said, you know, How the coaches are smart enough to realize that maybe Ty Johnson
4: might be the guy, you know. After I look, would you rather see Ty Johnson a majority of snaps over James Cook? um, Slightly in
5: the physical running game when we're trying to get it, yes. Now I think there should be a lot of plays where you have both of them in there because now the other team doesn't know if we're going to run it up the middle, or if we're going to throw it, or if or if Cook's going to go to the outside. Then maybe there should be plays where both of them are on. And Allen is far more deadly when we have a good running game.
4: Yeah, I, I, I like your your point, Ken, about Ty Johnson. And I agree that, you know, this is a guy that maybe they can use a little more. I like what I've seen from me as some juice. You're 100% spot on about, you know, that Ken Dorsey wasn't using him. And all of a sudden, Joe Brady does. And I think that comes from probably Joe Brady going, hey, I got this guy. I see him every day in the practice squad. I really like him. I'm going to use him. I'm not going to advocate for him to play more than James Cook. There are times where maybe you could use that a little more, but James Cook is a really good player. He's having a really good season, and he offers you some – well, look, Ty Johnson's a good receiver out of the backfield. I don't want to say more dynamic ability. James Cook, even, you know, he dropped the pass last week, but I wouldn't go that far, but I, I, I respect the point of maybe using Ty Johnson more. This might be a Latavius Murray point, actually, more than it is a James Cook point. I'm not really sure, um, but they have run the ball pretty well this year. 10th in the league in rushing yards per game. 7th in rushing yards per play. And it hasn't been a lot of Allen this year. Last few years, every time you say something like, hey, the Bills are actually good ranking-wise with running the ball, the natural retort from people is, that's because Josh Allen does it all. It's not this year. They're 4.42 yards per play. That's 7th in the NFL. We'll take a timeout. Thanks for being with me here today on the Monday Extra Point Show, reaction show. We can look ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll do reaction, and we'll do uh, look-ahead pre-action, whatever you want to call it. Be proactive today. Eight hundred three zero five fifty, the number here in the Extra Point Show on WGR. Sal Capaccio with you.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. usq Q3 2023.
2: Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elk King,
4: Wow, what a what a wild game. Doesn't the AFC South have some of these most wild games and plays? They seem like they always do. Right there was one of them, and it's in our electric play of the game for this week. It's brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai. Check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. So, that particular sequence, that was who... I was watching Red Zone, Josh, so... On red zone, Scott Hansen said, and he's probably right, I don't know if he ever actually did the research on this, but he said on red zone, Josh, he said, I don't think it's ever probably happened in the NFL. He said, Chances are it's never happened where a team blocked a punt for a touchdown and then the other team returned the two point conversion the other way for two points. I'm pretty I, sure I would guess that's probably right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure someone confirmed it and that it like that was the first time it's ever happened. I'll, I'll double check that though. I mean, a block punt for a touchdown isn't normal anyway. It only happens a handful of times a year in the entire league. A returned two-point conversion for two points is even more rare. So you combine those two rarities to put them in the same sequence, yeah, that would be wild, right? Um, And then you had, of course, the touchdown by Dustin Hopkins with five and a half minutes to play and Will, uh, I'm sorry, and then um, the, the the kick was no good. Now, I did not watch. You tell me, Josh. They lost their punter, Stonehouse. He was, oh man, brutal injury. You feel for the kid. You feel for the guy. Uh, His leg is exposed. Not his kicking leg. The other leg he gets run into. He's off. He's the holder. So, who held? Was Tannehill the holder there? And it was a fine hold, right? I didn't see it, but from what I heard, like, the hold wasn't bad. I don't think that's what caused him to miss. Is that correct? I think so. I'm not 100% sure either, but I'm pretty sure it was Tannehill. And okay. I think it was just, you know, a normal, oh, the kicker missed. like that. Kind I of think situation. so, too, from what I saw. Now, someone could tell me different. I didn't see that part. I didn't see that. I, I saw the highlights of the block punt for a touchdown. I saw the two-point conversion run back. I didn't see the extra point miss, but I saw in a replay they were focusing on the hold, and it looked like it was a good hold to me. That was the only part of it I saw as I was running through red zone and doing different things yesterday. Um, But then it it didn't matter anyway because, I mean, it did matter. They wouldn't have gone overtime. But what I mean is Nick Folk still kicked a 46-yard field goal later. So they had to do it again, and it wound up okay. And then, of course, Gardner Minshew, a huge pass to Damian Pierce down the sideline. Not sure if you saw that. Damian Pierce, three catches, 100 yards. What a day he had. Um, And they scored a touchdown as well. But down the field they get the big play in overtime that winds up setting them up Colts wind up winning would have been really nice for the Titans i mean the titans are one of these teams not only not only if you're a bills fan did you want the titans to lose i'm to to win i'm sorry titans to win to beat the colts just for standings purposes but the other reason you wanted the titans to win is now you know they're they're going to maybe be in evaluation mode when they play other teams that matter to the Bills, they get the Dolphins next week. I wouldn't expect the Titans to beat the Dolphins anyway. But if they win this game against the Indianapolis Colts, suddenly they're at 5-7 and, and they probably feel like they still have some breath in the playoff race. So when they play Houston in a couple of weeks and then Houston towards the end of the year, those are games that might matter where you need them to knock off Houston. But now they're like, eh, evaluation mode. Let's see. Let's try some new guys. That's what you have to be watch out for. Speaking of games that don't really matter in the standings necessarily, but certainly matter to Buffalo Bills fans for another reason, how about the Chargers and Patriots? Folks, you want the Patriots to win some games here. Right now, the Patriots are in line to possibly have the number one pick, if not, the number two pick. And if you look at their schedule, they got the Steelers. Now, I think the Steelers and Patriots, anybody could win that game because somebody might just score six points and that's it. Then they have the Chiefs, then the Broncos, then the Bills, then the Jets. The game yesterday against the Chargers, you wanted the Bills, I'm sorry, you wanted the Patriots to win for two reasons. Number one, Patriots are getting closer to that number one or number two pick at worst. You don't want them to have that and get a franchise quarterback and Caleb Williams or whoever. Drake May, they, they're in position. That's number one. That's why you want the Patriots to win. Number two is, same thing I just said about the Titans, I would say about the Chargers. Right? I mean, the Chargers wind up winning the game. They go to five and seven. Man, if the Chargers lose that game and they're four and eight, by the time they get to Buffalo and play the B- Bills on Christmas weekend, they're like, you know, evaluation mode. Are we firing the coach? What are we doing here? They're still breathing. And they got the Broncos coming up this week. That's a monster game for both teams. Chargers' schedule is very interesting. Broncos, Raiders, Bills, Broncos, Chiefs. They have four division games with the Bills sandwiched right in between. So it's going to be really interesting. Eight zero three zero five fifty is the number to call. Let's get to Michael down in Atlanta. What's going on, Mike?
0: Hey, Sal. A couple things here. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you. You have a wonderful heart, man. You didn't have to do what you did today and sharing about uh, the colonoscopy and inspiring oh. people. And I can just, you know, all the years I've listened to you and called in and everything, I, I I just get the sense that you're a wonderful guy. I mean, you know, I've mentioned a couple times about my my food ministry. I pick up food. It goes to churches, goes to people I never meet you're helping people you're you know by saying what you said helping people and who knows you might save a life by giving out that information inspiring someone who might have an issue they don't know about so I just want to, it that, is important. Be... It is
4: important. And you know, when you go on the radio, I'm like, I'm an open book, right? Everybody knows. I talk about my life here. Of course, I'm an open book and that's fine. And I don't mind that, but I will tell you, it is important. And when I talk about something like that, it's got to be delicate. Cause I don't want to get into things where people are like, come on, I don't want to listen to this, right? I get it. I, I know that that's not comfortable, but at the same time, it's super important. So thank you. I appreciate it. And I want people to know that
0: it is because no, but, the, but the point is you're, you're a person that cares, you care and and i'm not going to i'm not going to go into a whole sermon but the bottom line is is that our lord tells us that that if without love you have nothing. So everything is about love. You know, you know to love one another and and you you're loving and caring about people, you don't even know by putting that out there and i just think that's that's a, that's incredible what, you know by you doing that. Thank you for thank you for who you are. You got it, buddy. Uh now as far as football uh we, uh, you know, what what happened yesterday in Kansas City or with Kansas City and Green Bay, and what's been happening through the year. I mean, it literally is a game of inches. You know, a couple a couple non non calls here and there, a couple bad calls, you know, that didn't go against Buffalo. A couple of you know, we had missed kicks or drop passes. The Bills could easily be nine and three, and KC could be six and six. So, the point i make is that there isn't that that much of a difference. I think a lot of it is is where you are in the year and. The the loss uh, that well we got robbed against uh, Philadelphia kind of reminds me of two years ago what happened in Tampa, and I just think the makeup of this team and the character what we're going to see over the next five weeks is going to be is going to be great, and I, I think this team does have the ability uh, to go four and one or five and zero, and I just want to mention that because again I think it's the characters there are these players, and I think they're going to come come out of this break on fire. That's what I wanted to share.
4: I got you, Mike. Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. I, I, I too want to kind of think back to, to you know, that Tampa game. And we've referenced that game a lot this year. They were seven and six after that game. So I think it was seven and six after the the wind game was the wind game right before that, right after that. But either way, there were seven and six after that. And, you know, they wound up going on that run and they, they were, they were a game and a half behind the Patriots. They still wound up beating them and taking over the division um, and winning the division that year. And you can think about those things. And I'm sure that players can draw on that. But at the same time, it is a different year. Right? It's a different circumstance. It's a different scenario. And you know they have to take care of business here in Kansas City. Not an easy place to play. A place they have won two big games recently. or Big games over the last few years. They've won in the regular season. I know it's not the playoffs. I get it. But it's still a big game. And you got to go there and win. And then they get the Cowboys at home. And that is not an easy task. Um, so the next two weeks are very critical to this team. I think if they can get through the next weeks, even at one and one, I might really like their chances. If they can especially beat Kansas City, get an AFC win, even if they lose to Dallas, I think I'm going to feel okay about the final three games, the teams they play, where they're set up, and how they might get in. Other things will determine that, how other teams play, what the other results are. But if they get through the next stretch 2-0, and oh, it's on, baby. In fact, they beat the Chiefs. I'm, if they beat the Chiefs Sunday, I am coming on here on Monday morning on the Extra Point Show. And I'm going to just open up the mic and go, it's back on, baby. It is back on. We're going to have memes all over the place. All right? That's what I'm going to do. All right, we'll take a timeout. Thanks for joining me here on the Extra Point Show. I got, I got so much more to get to, but you drive this, this, uh, this show, as always, on a Monday. So make sure you call 803-0550. We'll take your phone calls on where the bills are now, what you saw this week. We still got a lot more to get to. I got thoughts on the NCAA situation, the college football playoff. And how all that played out this weekend. It's a tough call. But, man. There's... Alright, I'll just... I'll save it. I have some thoughts on that when we come back. Went to the Sabres game last night, too. Very disappointed right now in this Sabres season. So, we'll talk about all of that. Everything's on the table for you on the Extra Point Show on a Monday on WGR.
1: This is a travesty to the sport. Because we go out there on the field and we play the game. And regardless of whether it looks good at the quarterback position, regardless whether we win with offense, whether we win with defense, the name of the game is to win. And that's a reason never before has this not been done, winning a Power 5 conference, going undefeated, and not getting into the playoff. I understand we want to look at style points and who are we going to get for the best matchups. But that's not what this is about. This is about understanding to get the four best teams. One team has a loss, and that's Alabama. One team doesn't. In Florida State, and the fact that this committee could take a Power Five conference champion
4: that's undefeated—that's really what has me bothered right now. Strong words there from Booger McFarland, ESPN. I want to give you my thoughts on that, but as I do, I'm thinking about the weekend in college football. Did anyone see Josh? Did you see the Dr Pepper um, halftime thing? The uh, controversy. And what happened? Did you see all that? I did not. There were not. two controversies. I did not. Okay, they have these Dr. Pepper showdowns where these, the two kids play for tuition and they have to throw the ball into the bucket, right? You know what I mean? They have the standing bucket. So you have like 30 seconds and you got to get as many of the footballs into the bucket and whoever wins gets tuition paid for, okay? I think you've seen these things before happen. Yeah. This is our extra point from the sidelines, okay? It's brought to you by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. Extra point from the sidelines doesn't have to be NFL. See, it could be something in college like this because what happened was, in one game, by the way, I mean, it wasn't a controversy, but the kid was doing the chess pass. He wasn't even throwing the ball. And even, like, there were a couple of guys, like, I think Herb Street said something. I don't know who it was. Don't do the chess pass. I don't like the chess pass. Sure enough, the kid does. Bam, 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 he wins. But the real controversy was, in one of the other contest during halftime of the game, Josh. What happened? They had these two kids go at it. And there's three people, like, officiating this, but yet one of the kids got credit for a ball that didn't go in. And they have the the timer. They have the scoreboard. And it goes one, two, three. Every time he goes in, he hit five in, and they gave him six. For some reason, it said six. He only had five. You know what the other guy had? Six. So they tied. Instead of him losing, he should have lost. They gave him... The extra one, so there was a tie, they flip a coin, they do another round, and that kid winds up winning. Wow, so the kid who actually lost was supposed to get free tuition, he should have won, he should have won, but he got the loss because they miscounted. they miscounted, they miscounted they gave the kid the other kid an extra one, man so this, this officiating after stuff this was runs brought the to deep. the I know it's amazing <laughs> right it's amazing, so after this was kind of talked about and you know uh discussed and th- they were made aware of it. They did right, and I give them credit. They did right. They gave them each a hundred thousand dollars for tuition. Like they said, okay, we're just going to have you both win. Basically, that's
5: not bad at all. <laughs> that's no, good. I know, I'm right? right? It wound that. up
4: okay, but how does that happen? How there was there was a referee in the middle. There were two people counting someone, and they gave the kid an extra ball in the in the bin that didn't count. He never. It's like a ghost. It was a, it was a ghost point. I have no <laughs> idea. So he winds up getting six. He should have lost with five. The other kid had six. Instead, they hit, They tie. So they say, oh, you got to go another round. They flip a coin. They did it again. They did it again. They went to double overtime, I think, is actually what happened. Anyway, Dr. Pepper, good for them for actually figuring it out. It's not their fault that someone screwed up, I don't think. It's the officials that were watching it. Okay, so college football playoff. So in case you haven't heard, and if you've been living under a rock, you're a sports fan, maybe. Uh, you wouldn't have, but otherwise you should have. So Florida State. This is the controversy, just in a nutshell for everybody. Florida State, they're in the ACC. They go undefeated, not only in conference, out of conference. They win every single game presented to them. They beat, at the time, the fifth-ranked team, LSU. At the time, the 16th-ranked team, Duke. At the time, 14th-ranked Louisville in the ACC title game. They go through their entire ACC schedule. Miami, Right? North Carolina. Uh, They play North Carolina? Sorry, I guess they didn't this year. I don't know. Clemson, they win in overtime in that game. They beat some decent teams, good teams, but the bottom line is Power 5, ACC, they win it. They go undefeated. They do everything they're supposed to do. But what happened was, two weeks ago, their quarterback, Travis Jordan, Jordan Travis, i do this with with, with him. (laughs) Um, Their quarterback winds up getting hurt and, here we go, Travis Jordan, the quarterback for FSU, um, Jordan Travis, I did it again. I always do that with his name. He's got two first names. Jordan Travis, really good player, like Heisman Trophy type of player. He gets hurt a few weeks ago. He's out for the season. So, even though they went undefeated, Power 5, win every game, presented to them, the committee leaves them out of the top four because, well, oh, you're not the same team without Travis Jordan. And I agree they're not the same team. The teams that made it in, number one, Michigan. Number two, Washington. Number three, Texas. Number four, Alabama. Great job by Alabama to win and beat Georgia. Here's here's what this boils down to, folks, okay? You know I love college basketball, and I watch it. The same thing I say every year. Is it based on your resume and who you actually, your results of your games? Or is it based on what people think your team is and watching you play? It should always be based on your resume, because it doesn't matter what you think about a team. Look at the Bills. Everyone thinks the Bills are still a really good team, but they're 6-6. Six and six. No one's putting the Bills in the playoffs because they look good. Because they have good numbers on offense. Because their quarterback has, you know, 30 touchdowns. They only get to the playoffs based on their record. I understand we do rankings here in college football. It's different. But that is the point. They won every game. And it is not fair at all to Florida State, to those kids, to that coaching staff, to everybody associated with that program, that they did every single thing that was asked of them. Everything. And they won every single game put in front of them. And they don't get a chance to play for the top four. They had a quarterback at hurt. I mean, what? You're, so you're essentially blaming the quarterback and in an injury for you not rewarding them for everything that they did right. And by the way, even without him, they still won. And I'm not going to sit here and say they're the same team. They're not. Without Travis Jordan, they certainly aren't. And I would probably argue... They'd get beat by any of these teams. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter they'd get beat by one of these teams. What matters is they earn the right to be there. Earn the right. They scheduled a tough non-conference schedule and include LSU to start off the season. I do think, like Booker McFarlane, Florida State got hosed. Listen, Alabama, I know, they won the SEC championship. They also have one loss. And they also lost... You want to go by what you look like? Holy cow, you want to blame somebody? Blame Auburn. (laughs) Auburn gives up that fourth and 25 or 18 or whatever it was to Alabama at the end of the game on the Hail Mary one-on-one situation. You want to talk about what a team looked like? Alabama hasn't looked like a world beater all year. They've also won a lot of games. You're rewarding Alabama for the same thing that you're docking Florida State for. You're rewarding Alabama for the results, even though they have not looked like, to me, one of the top four teams all year. Florida State did all the results. They beat all these teams. By the way, before you think, like, I lived in Florida, I don't care about Florida State. I have a lot of friends that are Florida State fans. I actually like when they lose sometimes because they're full of themselves. I'm just telling you, this is not fair to Florida State. This is not fair to those kids. It's not fair to that program that they did everything asked of them. And even though, yes, they lost their quarterback, they're not the same team. So what? They deserve a chance still. Maybe maybe they figure out a way to still win those games the next game, the Final Four playoff, without their quarterback, like they did the ACC championship against Louisville. And and it's not fair, I guess, you think, oh, well, you could say to me, it's not fair to Alabama, they did this, they did that, they look really good. I don't know. I know next year's 12 teams. We're going to have the same issue every year. Look, someone goes, 12 teams will fix this, someone said to me this weekend. No, there's 68 in college basketball It doesn't fix it. We have 68 teams in college basketball, what, 38 at-large teams, 34 at-large teams, whatever it is. We're still debating who gets in as the 69th, 70th, 71st team that didn't get in. We're always doing that. You could have 100 teams in the playoff. You're always going to be critical. We're going to have debates of who the 101st is and who got in and who didn't. I think it sucks for Florida State. I think the committee shafted Florida State. Yes, if I was to tell you who the best teams were based on the eye test and where they are right now based on the quarterback and everything, I probably wouldn't have Florida State in my top five. That doesn't matter, though. What matters is they won the games. So that's how I feel about that. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. It's the Extra Point Show. Back to the NFL and some more stuff. Sabres, too. Disappointing loss of the Sabres last night here on the Extra Point Show on WGR.
3: Toyota. Let's go places. Leading ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's
2: History Month, featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L King.